You're listening to the weekly podcast of Liberty Baptist Church in Bristol, Connecticut. We pray you enjoy today's message. So the last time, the last time I was here, you you didn't remodel yet, so you had the banister, right? You remember that? So um, Dustin was telling me about that, or Pastor Dustin was telling me about that. I'm like, I'm going to walk on him, and I did. Um, I'm not going to scare you because last time a pastor preached at my church. Um, he actually stood on the cajon. So I called him. Yeah, no, he stood on it, and all my tech guys, all my worship guys were like, <gasps> like, you know, and I had them texting me, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not at church, and they're texting me about this. So, of course, you better believe that I called him and told him that I was going to be standing on the cajon. I won't. I won't. But I told him I would, all right? Uh, really quick, I said I would do this, too. Uh, okay, so we're going to take a vote today to uh, increase Craig's salary because Pastor Dustin's not here, so that'll be after the service. Yes, Amen. Praise God. Um, and then we're going to approve on the budget. We need a new microphone, okay, for guest preachers, because let's just be honest, this is racist. Um, it's supposed to blend into your skin, right? Um, does this look blend, blended in? No, no. It's like saying, boom, there's a microphone in my face, right? Okay, so we're going to put that on the Amazon budget as well. Uh, anything else? Oh, where's Mike? Where's Mike Jones? Where is he? Okay, Mike wanted me to tell you all that he's single. <laughs> so, if you know of any, I, listen, listen, I'm just saying, okay? I think he's a good guy. We got to talk a little while before the Thanksgiving last year, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, no takesies, backsies once that happens, once that happens. But uh, if you know of anybody, um, if they need a little motivation, you know, you let me know. Okay, we'll, we'll do something with that. Um, man, what else was I going to do? Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. Um, you, you guys want to be a campus? Yeah, let's do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, if, if you guys don't remember or you haven't met me before, uh, so my name is Adrian. Um, my family and I are church planters over in uh, Danielson, Connecticut. So we're about an hour and 10 minutes away from here, maybe an hour uh, away from here, which is uh, Dustin's excuse to uh, never fellowship with me anymore. Uh, he says it's too far. And I said, it's only once a month that we can meet up. He's like, it's still too far. So whatever. So I got to come out here. That's why you see me come on Miracle on Maple and all these other activities, right? Uh, little Pine Derby cars because he is too lazy. If, you, if you're watching me, you are too lazy to come visit your friend, okay? And today we're going to talk about how love is an action, okay? And you show your love by doing something. I hope, will he see this? He should, okay. Okay, love your friends. So... But uh, we've been out there now for uh, three years. We started that church plant in March of 2020, which is the best time to start a church, right? Uh, right at the beginning of COVID. Uh, and God's blessed. Church has grown. Uh, right now, I know that Jordan texts me. He's like, man, praise God, you know, we're praying for you. He's actually praying at a church that we are going to be replanting next year. So he's uh, preaching at that church down in New London right now. Uh, so when you told me about the baby, I'm like, oh, that's right. What is he doing? What a fool. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll message him about that and make fun of him. Um, and then, of course, uh, that's my lovely wife, Crystal. You're going to hear about her, and I'm going to tell you why, because we're going to talk about, about love, right? 
and uh, we're going to use some illustrations, okay? So uh, you'll be able to hear those here uh, coming up. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 12, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, but we'll go ahead and uh, pray before we get started, all right? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, just allowing us all to be here today, Lord, in your house. Lord, today I just pray that you would uh, use me, Lord, to preach this message. I pray, God, that it would be a blessing. I pray that you would take me, Lord, out of any message, Lord, and uh, Lord, let it not be any skills or talents or whatever it is, Lord, that I may or may not have, Lord, but I just pray that it is you just speaking to your people, Lord, on how we can love you. In your holy and in your precious name we pray today, God, amen. So, uh, a while back, I was talking with a friend of mine, he's pastoring down in Georgia, and he said a phrase or he, he, uh, some, some sayings that just, stu- uh, just stood with me, so much so that I ended up uh, adopting them over at our church. Our church's name is Faithway Community Church, and we went ahead and adopted them, and it, it's these. It is, love God, love others, live sent. Love God, love others, live sent, all right? And really quick before I get started, um, if, 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 if the tech people complain, okay, you know what Dustin told me last, last time I preached here? He said, we want you to know that you were louder than our worship team. They measured your decibels. So if you guys are measuring my decibels, shame on you, all right? But uh, I, I will get loud. If you need to turn me down for any reason, I am naturally loud, all right? But uh, my friend said, love God, love others, and live sent. And it impacted me so much that we ended up putting them on pens. We made uh, shirts that, that, that said that. And the reason that we did that is because we wanted to keep that as a focus. We wanted us to constantly remember that we do what? Love God, we love others, and we live sent, right? So what I want to do today is I want to focus on these three statements really quick and how we as Christians, as believers, can practice them and actually put them into a daily practice, right, into our lives. Number one is love God. First John four twelve, the Bible says this, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us, the, uh, he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And listen, we love him, why? Because he first loved us. Now, have you ever heard the phrase, God is love? Right, and I know that many people grab it and twist it and use it in whatever type of uh, ways, liberal ways that they want to use that, right? But technically speaking, God is love, right? But what does that mean, and how does that apply to me? Now, we constantly talk about love, and we, we look at our spouses, and we say, I love you. We look at our children, and we say, man, I love you, right? H- has anybody here ever said, I love you? 
Come on, every, come on, raise your hands. Come on. Let's, see, I, I like participation too. This is great. I love it, right? So why? It's action because love is a verb. It's something that we don't just say. It's something that we do. It's something that we show with our actions. For example, and I'm just going to be completely transparent. I was talking with my wife this morning and she wasn't feeling that good. Right? She's like, I don't feel that good. I'm, I'm not sure that I should go to church today. She sat down the whole way here. She had her eyes closed. You know, I know that she suffers with migraines and things of that sort. And I looked at her and uh, me being the amazing husband that I am, looked at her and said, bet that, <laughs> I bet that if you were on the worship team today that you'd go to church. And, <laughs> and next thing you know, she's like, all right, getting the kids ready and putting them in the car. But this morning she looked at me and said, you know what? You showing me love would have been letting, letting me stay at home so that I can just relax. And then I'm just like, oh, man, so true, right? And she's just like, I show you that I love you because I showed up and I came with you. I showed you that I loved you because even though I don't feel good, I brought you a hot cup of coffee. And I'm just like, wow, I'm like, I'm like a horrible person, I guess, you know? But look, at there she is, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much right? Shame on you. Shame, right? But love is an action. And constantly when we talk about love, we, we think that everything's going to be fixed, like we're putting a band-aid on something, right? Oh, but I, I love you. I love you. Oh, but honey, I love you. Okay, well then show it. Prove it. So how many times do we go to God and in our prayers or in our thoughts or in our, our devotionals, we're like, God, I love you. And man, I would just love it if God one day would look down on us and say, prove it. Because the Bible says that he loves us because he first loved us. And how did he first show us that he loved us? Or not first, but like, well, well give me an example. Oh man, he died for us. Listen, I can say that I love you, and I can say that I love Pastor Dustin, but it'd be really hard for me to give up one of my kids for him. Let's be honest. If it was between Pastor Dustin and my son Daniel, and their life was on the line, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick my son Daniel. Does that make sense? But God was like, you know what? I love you so much that I'm going to give you my son to die on the cross, a horrific death, so that you may live. See the difference? It's an action. And the Bible says that God is love and that he showed us that love in a certain way. John 3, 16 says what? For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God isn't doing what a lot of us do. He's not giving us that empty I love you right? He actually backs it up. He's saying, I love you so much, and I want to prove it to you by sending my son to die a horrendous death on Calvary. So that what? So that you can be saved, so that you can be redeemed, so that you can inherit eternal life, so that you can abide in me. Now, to abide in him means to, to be in a continuous place, to remain stable. Now, don't miss this. What happens when we accept God's gift of salvation and what a lot of us end up doing, and I don't know you to say that you do this, but a lot of us end up doing is we receive God's gift of salvation. Let's call it a phone, right? And we're like, oh, man, thank you so much for that. And we place it in our back pocket. Well, what do you mean? Well, that's, that's kind of mean, Pastor. Yeah, you're right. It is, but the truth hurts. Because what do we do? How, how else do we show him that we love him? Does that make sense? What do we do to show him that we love him? To show others that we are truly uh, Bible believers, that, 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 that we love God. 
No, we'd rather accept that gift and be like, it's pretty. Yeah, man, I, I, I get a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, I'm not going to hell. I got eternal life. Woo! And then we just put it back there and forget all about it. We want the privilege of being his child, but not the responsibility that comes with it. Can I tell you something? My kids in, in our town, and, and, and my wife hates this, right, hates this, but, um, and, and, and rightfully so, <laughs> people look at her, and many times she doesn't have an identity. Because one day, for example, we, we, we were having a, a tag sale in our, in our, uh, at our house, and um, people introduced my wife and said, oh, this is Crystal. This is Crystal Ferrari. And they're like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, right? And then they're like, oh, Pastor Adrian's wife. Oh, you're Pastor Adrian's wife. And she's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's me. So lately she's been introducing herself as, as well, what is it? Uh, yeah, she's been introducing herself as Pastor Adrian's my husband, you know, so that, uh, you know, kind of role reversal there. But I say that because in my town, I, I, I'm involved in a lot of things. I'm on the board of finance. I'm on the Little League board. Of course, because of church, we're constantly doing a lot of things with the community. So people know Ferrari. People know Adrian, right? So what I'm saying is, and not that it's a privilege, but in order for my daughter, you have Gabriella, raise your hand. Okay, you have Adriana, raise your hand right now. You have Daniel, raise your hand. Downstairs, we have Vincenzo and we have Juliana. We have five, right? But part of being in our family, and I better hear every parent in here say amen, there are responsibilities, right? There are responsibilities that you are to do to be part of this family. We're not just like, yeah, Adrian and Crystal are my parents. No, 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 hold on a second. To be part of this family means that you are expected to do things. It means that you are expected to clear off the table. Yeah, oh, come, really? That's it? Okay, that's fine. You are expected to throw out the trash. You're expected to do the dishes. Okay? It's just this is part of what you do for being part of the family. And what I'm saying is this is that as Christians, what we do is we grab that salvation. We are part of that family. And then we're like, but I don't want to do anything to be part of this family. I don't want any of the responsibilities that comes along with being a Christian. Wait a second. I'm supposed to change the way that I talk, think, and do things? No, God forbid. But you're made new. You're part of a family, and then we don't want to do that. And we're going to talk about that here in a second, right? We need to be in a constant relationship with God because that is love. If you love your spouse or your child, right? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I know. So, so here, I'm, I'm going to give you a little hint, right? If I walk away from my notes, you have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. Just so you know, you never know. Um, things such as by Felicia have come out of my mouth. Um, and I know your pastor's the same way. Um, but yeah, so if I walk away, it's bad, okay? Okay, ready? <laughs> oh, that was like a giddy laugh, wasn't it? How would it look like if your love for God was the same as your love for your spouse? Parking right there, man, see? All right? Think about it. No, really, really. And I got convicted. I got convicted. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. I got convicted because you know what I thought about? Can you sit there for a second for me? I want you to think about this, right? And, I'm, you know, so he's watching. You're a football guy, right? What's your favorite team? I have no words for you. Okay, so you're watching the Broncos, okay? So, so look in that direction, and you're watching the Broncos game, right? 
Hold on, here we go. And then in comes somebody, I'm not going to say who, but in comes somebody and says, hey, can you take out the trash? Yeah? Oh, see, at least that's an honest reaction. Hold on, but what happens after a minute? <laughs> the trash isn't taken out. You know, my favorite, hey, can you let the dogs out? You know, you know what we do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh-huh. Right? Do, do the dogs end up getting taken out? No! No, okay. So hold on a second. But then all of a sudden, we're okay with being on this side, living our life, and then we hear this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we would want to say that we say, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you know. You, you, you called, I'm going to answer, here am I, send me, woo, I'm going to obey. We do the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. Think about it. If our love, our love, hold on, as my kids do, right, our love for our spouses and for our children were displayed the same way as our love to God, would it seem to him, would he know that we love him? Or would he kind of be like, Really? Because I've gone up to my wife in the past, right? And again, we joke around a lot, and people are just like, you guys are unhealthy. <laughs> like, you guys need to see some counseling. And we're like, we're literally messing around. It's what we do. Like, I'm the type of person where if she goes to get in the car, I lock the car door. <laughs> right? And then my wife's the type of person that says, fine, I don't need you. And she turns around and starts walking. And then, of course, me, I'm following her in the car. Come on, I'm kidding, get in the car. And when she finally gives in to go get in the car, I lock the door again. <laughs> and we actually had a pastor back in the day call our church and say that we were having marital issues because of that. We're like, it was literally a joke, right? So that's how we joke around. So I'll look at her and I'll be like, woman, submit. And then she goes and says, love me like Christ loved the church. Thank you. Right? Right, that's good. Like, she's... After being with me for so long, she's learning so much, and it's not good. In Genesis, God walked with his creation. In Genesis, God had a relationship with them, and he walked with them, and he talked with them, right? Because a relationship isn't just, uh, man, see, I get convicted all the time. This just happens, and I'm being serious, right? I mean, what happens after a long day of work? You, you come in. Guys, you, you, you're tired, and I'm talking to guys because this, this is the part I know. You walk in, you're tired, and in my mind, I'm like, just give me a 15, 20-minute nap. Just, just leave me alone. I am tired, and you lay down. And then you get up, and then it's, you know, about time to eat, right? So you sit down, you eat, and then you're like, hold on. Oh, got to let the food settle, right? So you go to the couch, and you let the food settle. And then, uh, and then afterwards, the kids go to bed, and you're like, well, got an early day in the morning, and you go to bed right? And then in comes your wife, and she's on her side, and you're on her side. And then if you're here today, and you're not married, listen, I don't think any guy, and I could be wrong, but I don't think the majority of guys go to bed wanting to cuddle, right? We're just like, no, we want our space, okay? Um, and so she has her area, I have my area, and there's this big gap in the middle, not because we don't love each other, but it's just like, she's like, seriously, this is my area, right? Like, we are one, but this half is mine, and this half is yours, and you keep to your side, and I'll keep to my side, right? And, um, but again, it's just what it is. But what I'm trying to say is this. Is that a relationship? Think about it. Is that a relationship? And is that the relationship that God intended us to have with not just our spouses, 
but with him? Are we content enough with coming to church, okay, and just sitting here for an hour and a half and, you know, worshiping and then praise the Lord of my, right, and having all that, all that good time and maybe going out to eat on Sunday and then, what, maybe come back once during the week for some type of activity and then, like, is that the extent of our relationship? Like, this is seriously where it bothers me, and this is how I would preach it at, at, at my church, right? This is where it bothers me because that's not a relationship. So like the other day, we just came back from vacation. We went camping. I'm not sure camping with kids is a vacation, by the way. But, but we went camping. But you know what was cool about it is that we had three hours in the morning because they had kids' activities where it was just her and I. And sometimes we were working, and sometimes we were playing games, and sometimes we are just talking. But that's working on our relationship. Does that make sense to you? Is our relationship with God the same? Or do we treat it differently? His creation went the wrong way. His creation said, listen, I know better. His creation could never get back on their own accord. So Jesus' death on the cross is God creating a way for you and I to come back to him so that he could live in us. But here's the kicker. So that, he could, so that you could abide in him because abiding in him is how we show him that we love him. J.C. Riley said this, to abide in Christ, means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with him, to be always leaning on him, resting on him, pouring out our hearts to him, and using him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion and best friend. To have his words abiding in us is to keep his sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds and to make them and guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. Very simply put, it's found in Psalm 63.1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. What he's saying is this, do you yearn for, do you long for God? The way that David here is saying, man, I thirst for you. <laughs> I'm a fat dude, okay? There's, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything that you guys don't know. I just, I just admit it. But when I get thirsty, like, if, listen, by the time that I go from here and down there and back up, I'm dying of thirst, okay? And when I get that water, what am I going to do with it? Just, oh, it's so nice. I love it. Take a little sip. Now, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to chug that sucker. Why? Because I am thirsty. And I'm just like, man, I want you so bad. Right? How much do you yearn after God and, his, and having a relationship with him? I really hope this is making sense. Because we yearn after so much, whether it's sports or TV or games or, you know, weekly night outs or you know, some people fitness, I'm just saying, I'm not pointing any, you know, I'm not naming any names, um, you know, but, you know, do we have that same desire for the one that created us, for the one that saved us? I really hope we do, but I believe that that's what we're lacking in this day and age is that desire. And we ask ourselves, well, why don't, why is our nation in the condition that it's in? Because God's people stop doing what they're supposed to do and yearning after holiness and righteousness the way that we once did. We have churches nowadays who are preaching, man, just come as you are and stay as you came. 
but that's not the case. We don't, we don't change to be saved. We change because we are saved. Does that make sense? I really hope it does. We don't do it to earn something from God, but we do it because of what he has done for us. Church, do you yearn for, you, for God? Do you solely want to be made right with God, or do you want to be with God? We are his creations in Christ who are freed from sin and worldly pursuits, and we are to abide in him, okay? Because faith without works is dead, so love without actions is also dead. The Christian life is meant for us to constantly be growing, right? It's you getting to know your Father in a much deeper way. Yes, we need to live holy lives. Yes, we need to live separate lives. Yes, we need to be in his word daily. Yes, we need to have an open line of communication between God and us. But all of that is a byproduct of loving God. It comes because we love him. Listen, listen. If I love my wife, if I truly love her the way that I say that I love her, a product of that is for me to stop and take out the trash. Hence why she says, prove it. Oh, you love me? Show me, right? If I love her, I'll take out the trash. If I love her, I'll take the dogs out. If I love her, I would have let her stay at home and sleep. I messed up. I'm sorry. I love you. See, she's probably thinking, show me next time right? Look at Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus saith unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. You know what that's saying, man? Love God with everything that you have inside of you. With everything, love him. With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And what, we end, what ends up happening when we love God, check it out, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, we love others. Is everybody lovable? No, right? Some people you just want to, you know, just give them a high five in the face with a shovel, you know? I just, man, pastor's never going to invite me back. <laughs> He's going to be like, you know what happened? I came in and somebody said, how was vacation, pastor? It was great, you know? Matthew twenty two thirty four says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were, gathered, um, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all, with, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love <laughs> thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Like we just said, not everyone's lovable, right? Not everyone is somebody that we truly just get attracted to and we're just like, man, I'm going to love you and I'm, I'm going to be nice to you, right? And even when you're mean to me, I'm going to be nice to you, right? Because some people are just, let's, let's be honest, some people are just mean. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. Some people are just mean. Some people are just evil. But that doesn't mean that we aren't to be nice to them. It doesn't mean that we aren't to love them because it literally says here to love your neighbors as yourself. So if you see your neighbor who's struggling with something, right, let's say they're thirsty, right? If you were thirsty, would you go get a bottle of water? Okay, so maybe offer them a bottle of water, right? Now this is simple. It applies in so many different ways, right? 
but it says to love your neighbor. So therefore, we love God and we love others. But what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to keep God first because you say, I can't do that. So-and-so is evil. You don't know my neighbor. You're right, I don't. But it says this, the first commandment is to love God first. And then because you love God, a byproduct of you loving God is that you're going to love others because you're going to show the love that you have been shown to others. It functions like faith and works. If we truly have the first, the second will naturally follow. But if God is not the love of your life, there is no way that we will truly love our neighbors as ourselves. Now think about it. 1 John 4, 7 says, let us love one another for love is of who? Oh, hold on. Hold on, can everyone read? I'm being funny, but I'm not. Okay, can we? So say it with me. Say it with me, because if not, I think you're sleeping. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of? And everyone that loveth is born of? And knoweth? He that loveth not, knoweth not? For is love. So if you're here today and you're like, praise Jesus, I am saved, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, well, however you want to say it, if you don't love others, then I'm going to say I doubt it. Why? Look, look at it again. Love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is love. So if you're here today and you say, man, I love God. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know why this came into my head. Yeah, that, that's my homie, right? Then why aren't you loving the way that you should be loving? Because love comes from the Father. And if you have the Father, you have love. We are only able to love him or anyone else because he first loved us. Now again, you may not like to hear this, but how we love others, particularly other Christians, reveals how we love God. Look at 1 John 4.20. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So did you know that how you treat uh, Pastor Craig here reveals how you love God? Listen, I understand he might not be that lovable, right? I understand that it's hard to look at him eye to eye because, well, he's just not that pretty, okay? I, I get that. I get that. The same goes with Mike in the back, okay? I get that. Listen, you, bro, bro, you know it's true. You know it's true, okay? So um, why deny it, okay? We know that it's hard, but we're still to love one another. A claim to love God is a poor substitute for genuine love of the brethren. Man, is there somebody here right now that you just can't stand for whatever? And I'm not being funny. You just can't stand, because listen, we're Christians, and yes, we say that we love God, right, and, and we come to church, and we give, and we give our times, and everything, right? But <laughs> a lot of drama comes out of church. There's a lot of drama in church, and there's probably somebody or somebody's in here who's saying, oh, look at Susie. Is there somebody named Susie here? She's not here? Okay, she's not here. It's, it's okay. Man... Look at Susie over there, just sitting there like, like nothing's wrong. She doesn't know that she didn't even try my casserole at the last potluck. Like I took it home and she didn't try. I cannot believe that she will sit on that side and look at me. And <gasps> she had the audacity to smile and wave at me. And you're like, that's petty. It is, but it happens. You're like, no, it does. Ask your pastor. 
Why? Why can't we just get over that pettiness and just love one another? Listen, we are all different. We all think differently. We all do things differently. We all speak differently, right? We all do things differently. Why can't we just accept that and just move on with the same mission of reaching our community for Christ? Listen, oh, man. Mm. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm not sure if Pastor would approve. I'm going to put that disclaimer. I'm just telling you what I would say at my church, okay? I think he would approve, but here's my disclaimer. Do you know why we are in the condition that we are in, okay? As a society, as a nation, as a country, let me explain. We have believers, okay? We're all believers. We're all part of the church. God's using us. We're preaching. We're reaching people. And then we have a disagreement with somebody, right? Can I use you for a second? And then you know what he says? I'm done with you. Follow me. And then he comes over here. And then he starts, you know, the church of the high-flying tambourine over here. Okay, so go ahead and sit down right there for, for a second, okay? So then you have church A, and then you have church B that's just like, I cannot believe that they think that. Oh, my word. Look, you know what? Good, Tim, was it? Good riddance, Tim is gone, right? And then you have Craig over here. Oh, again, don't crucify me. I'm just telling you. I'm just preaching the way I went in my church, okay? But then you have Craig over here who says, you know what? I believe that, <laughs> I believe that women should only wear skirts, and that's all they should ever wear. And if that's your conviction, praise God, right? But he believes that, no, that is the only way to live. But then this church says, I, I don't believe that. So Craig, please go ahead and stand up. And then he comes over here, and then he starts, you know, um, the Holy Roller uh, uh, Church of the Fabric of Dresses, okay? And then, and then, because I know you, Mike, I'm going to use Mike, right? So then you have Mike over here who says, man, you know what? I like cajones. I don't like drums, no, you're more of a drum guy. I like drums. I don't like cajones. And you know what? This is just, man, I am done with this. I'm going to go somewhere else. Come here, Mike. And then Mike comes over here, and Mike is at church C. And what is your name? Cammy. I'm going to use Cammy. I don't know you, Cammy, but hey, we're, you know, we will not. Cammy, Adrian, how are you? Right? Nice to meet you. Okay. And then you have Cammy here who says, I don't care. You know what? Forget you all. I never liked you anyway. So then she's at church D. So now what ends up happening? Now listen, as a community, now we have segregated ourselves, we have separated ourselves, and we all do our own things, right? And then you're going to do VBS in Bristol, and you're going to do VBS in Bristol, and you're going to do VBS in Bristol, and you're going to do VBS in Bristol. And guess what? It's all going to have a stinking night theme, right? Because you all like the same, is it answers in Genesis, I think? right? And it's answered in Genesis, so you're all going to do the same VBS, reaching the same amount of kids, or the same kids, but in a smaller community, because you're going to have maybe 50 come to this one, and maybe 60, and let's say 70, and 80, when you could have been reaching 300 kids together. Does that make sense? And we hated each other so much because of preferences. Now, if you were to say, Jesus Christ is not God, he is not the son of God, he is Man, he's just a prophet. Man, bye, you're gone, get away. Because you are a false prophet and you have no reason to be here and we will not listen to you. But the thing is, is that we have left him here and we have segregated him and left him to himself. Why? Because he believes or has a different standard than we do. And this is what really annoys me because we could be doing so much more in New England and so much more in Connecticut if we just came together. I'm not saying to forsake uh, doctrine. I am not saying that whatsoever. I'm talking about preferences. Okay, my friend here wants to use a tambourine. 
And you say, well, we're, we're a Baptist church. We don't use a tambourine. Church, it's literally in Psalms. I'm just saying. Right? So if you want to use a tambourine, man, I just came from a mission trip in India. And they had drums and a tambourine. And, man, they were belting out. And I came back and showed my church. And you know what I told them? I'm like, man, if we just had a quarter of the excitement that that new church had in India, I said, our lives would be forever changed. But most people go in there, oh, man, Lord, help me. I used to be a missionary in Argentina, okay? I used to be a, um, I'm sure you've heard the term. I was an independent, fundamental, King James, Bible, right, uh, missionary to Argentina. And I would see this man right here using a tambourine, and I would literally go to him and say, I'm sorry, you can't use that because that's of the world. Here's a piano. I know that we don't have gospel songs in your language because you're not Christians, but you know what? Here, we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Can you help me translate it? That's what we're going to sing. You don't know the tune or anything, but that's what we're going to sing. And in India, what they were doing is they were just, man, like their songs were just praising God. And it was songs that they had made up, and I'm like, praise God. But we would go and change somebody to match our preferences. And I don't know your area the way that I know mine, but would I be correct in stating that if we worked together with the same doctrine, I'm not talking about, okay, okay, I'm talking about preference, with the same doctrine, could we, do more, could we do more for Christ? Could we do more in our community? Could we see Bristol and the area changed? Absolutely. And there's a town, you guys can all go back to wherever you were, there, there's a town um, out by us. Uh, have you guys heard of, Willimantic. So Willimantic has literally over 40 or 50 Spanish churches in a town of, what, I think maybe 10,000, 15,000, right? Like 40 to 50 churches. Do you know why? Disagreements. Disagreements. Well, I think that you should have your head, your, your head covered. Well, I, I don't think you should. I think you should wear skirts. I don't think you should. We both agree that we should wear skirts, but I believe it should be to the knees. I believe it should be to the ankles. And they just kept separating. So Willimantic is just as lost as ever. Why? Because the churches, the Christians, can't come together for the goal of reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I'll finish with this. So listen, we love God. We love others. And because we do that, we must live sent. Acts 28.30 says this, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. These are the last two verses in the book of, of Acts. And, and look at how it ends. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching. Now we know that eventually Paul was released from prison. He went to Spain and then he was rearrested and beheaded by Nero. So why not record all that? Why isn't that an act if, it's, if, if, if it tells us the, the history of the early church? Because church, Acts is still been being written today. We are still in Acts, reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's yet to be written because the Spirit still remains. You may say that we live in Connecticut and that we aren't important, but a wave starts off as a small ripple. And you may say, well, does that really matter? And where, where did the Great Awakening begin? Oh, really? What about the second? Oh, so you're saying that New England can actually do something that can, oh, I don't know, change a nation? 
We can. We can. And listen, mathematically, I, I was talking with my wife a uh, couple months ago now, and I was like, honey, I said, we're due for a great awakening. I said, we're due for it. I did the math, and it was X amount of years from, from, from this one to this one, and X amount of years, and then it went down to 40. I said, and we're almost there. We're almost at that time right now where something's going to happen. And something amazing is happening because all of a sudden, at least in eastern Connecticut, right, all these churches, we are doctrinally sound churches, okay? We're not all Baptists, but we're doctrinally sound churches are all coming together and we're having fellowship with each other once more. So what does that mean? Man, we're, the pastors are getting together to just have coffee. We're getting together to have breakfast together once a month, right? So technically, we are a Southern Baptist church, and we, we have fellowship with all the other Southern Baptist churches, but again, all the other churches as well, right? I don't care if they're independent or what they are. We just literally had a church, uh, a former independent church, just and a former independent Baptist church merge with us. February, I think it was, right? And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I'm like, we're a little different. They're like, yeah, but we know what you believe, and we believe the same thing. We just do things differently. And I'm like, all right, man, praise God. Come on in. Well, these pastors are coming together for the purpose of unity and reaching their area. We're not just coming together to be like, oh, look at us, right? We're all friendly with each other. No, we have a purpose of preaching the gospel. And now, you know, there's a church that's being started in another church, an English church this time, being started in Willimantic. Man, so this Sunday, we're going to go out there and, and help them. You know, they're like, man, okay, so, so we need help. What do you need help with? We're feeding, the, we're feeding the community on Sunday. Can you make food? Absolutely. Can you come here and serve? Yes, we can. Is that even going to be an area that, 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 that we touch? It's 30 minutes away. Not really. But you know what? We can still help another church out there and send them bodies. Does that make sense? I really hope it does. I hope I'm not losing you on that one, right? So four things really quick. Live sent in your inviting. Take risks in who you invite to church. What we like to do is we're almost like that, that, um, that mule, right, that likes to find the easy way, right, up a mountain or whatever. No, listen, go out to somebody that you don't expect that will say yes and let the spirit work. Take a risk and get out there and invite somebody to come. And I know, listen, I, I was telling my wife on the way here, I'm like, so, so our church is on uh, 190 Waregan Road. I'm like, I don't think we can have a miracle on Waregan Road. It just sounds kind of weird. You know, I'm like, but hey, can we do something? So we're going to be talking because I want to do because I love what you guys did, right? But again, can you invite somebody to come to church? I think you can. Can you invite somebody to come to Bible study? I think you can. Can you invite somebody for coffee and a chat at a connect group or a life group? Absolutely. We can all do more than what we're doing. Live sent in your volunteering. This year, right, we need to start giving back to those areas that have been given to you. People, people in in this church, I'm sure, have been a blessing to you. Um, for example, oh, man, my mind, see, I, I have ADHD, all right? So you probably see that, okay? Um, how many of you have kids? Can you raise your hands? How about this? Only one person in, in a couple. You know what I'm saying? Only one person in that couple. Raise your hand. Okay, keep them up. Keep them up high. No, no, keep them up high. Okay, how many of you serve in the children's ministry? Oh, man, a wave of hands just went down. Thank you. Okay. Let me explain why I said that, because something that we've been kind of throwing around at our church is, well, why can't we ask the parents? If their children are involved in all of our activities, teen group, kindergarten, nursery, whatever age, why can't they be involved and help? Does that make sense? And again, I don't know you, so I'm not trying to throw you there, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, let's live sent in our volunteering. 
Man, there's only so much that Pastor Dustin can do. And I know that man, and he's not here, and he can yell at me, and he can never invite me back. I don't care right now, okay? He thinks that he can take over the world single-handedly. Like he's going to have a machine gun in one hand and be driving a tank in the other. And I, I don't know what else he thinks he's going to do, but he thinks he can do that. And let me tell you something. He's only one man, and he can't. There's only so much that Craig here can go ahead and do because whatever he can't do <laughs> ends up on Craig's shoulders, right? But that's why the church comes together because we already know that we are what? The fingers, the hands, the arms, the toes, right? Listen, I'm sorry. If I'm missing a thumb, that's vital. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to pick up my, my, my soda anymore, right? It's going to affect me. So why can't we all come together and volunteer to make sure that when people come in here, because let's be honest, oh, this isn't even part of my message, all right? Because let's be honest, when we're looking for a church, what do we look for? Craziness? For things to be disorderly? No, we want things to be done properly, right? We want things to be done in, in, uh, in order. We want people to walk in and say, man, they have their stuff together. Look at them. And then be like, are they going to be looking for sound Bible preaching? Probably not. Think about it. That's not what somebody's going to be looking for at first. Right? But mostly, if I walk into a church, now me as a pastor, that's what I look for. But a person who's a new Christian or not even a believer, you know what I'm looking for? What do they have for my kids? Does that make sense? Are they going to watch my kids? Are my kids going to learn? Are they going to be taken care of? When they walk in, are people going to smile at them? Okay? Is somebody going to shake their hand? Because there's nothing worse than to walk into a church of 180 people that you don't know and be like, okay, I, I, I think we sit down here. Hold on. Yeah, there, there's nobody. Hold on. Okay. Okay, I'm good. And then for the whole service, for that person to stay there and never have anybody come over and say, hey, how are you? It's great having you today. Where are you from? How did you hear about us? Because if you're a first-time guest, I'm sorry. I may be an extrovert, but sometimes I can be an introvert. I'm not going to go shake his hand. I'm not, you, you say, well, you're a visitor, okay? You're a visitor. Go say hi to the pastor. I'm an introvert. I'm not going to go say hi to the man. Think, no, think about it. I'm not going to go say hi to him. We, are, we already established the fact that he's ugly, right? I don't want to go talk to the man. But you know what? I will welcome you coming to just say, hey, thank you so much for being here. Did you find everything okay? Do you know where your kids are going to go? How about this? Because I don't care about this so much because I'm just like, go watch my kids. Just take them. I don't care. My wife's like, can you show me where my kids are going to be? Can you show me the rooms? Can, you, can, can I meet the teachers? We can all at least have a smile. Oh, look, I'm breaking things again. Here's one thing you're not going to want to hear, and I know the pastor's going to yell at me again, okay? Live sent in your generosity. Number one, so we can get a non-racist microphone, okay? But live sent in your generosity. I, I'm sure you heard this before, but I, I wrote it down because I thought it was hilarious. We don't need your money, and God doesn't need your money, but to build campuses, to reach areas, to train up new leaders, to send out missionaries and pastors takes money. And many times, not all the time, we're not worried because the money's in the bank. It's just temporarily being held in your bank, okay? So I like how we come up and we're like, man, if you want to give, give, go ahead. You know, I love that because I'll, I'll say the same thing. But because I'm not the pastor, I'm going to say this. You ready? As a Christian, you're expected to support the work. You're expected to support the mission. I'm not telling you what that amount is, right? It's what, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Um, 
But the thing is that many times, because it has to do with finances, we ignore it. We ignore it. Because, mm. all right, here's my weakness. You ready? I set my account up on weekly giving. I weekly give to my church. Do you want to know why? Because if it was up to me to write a check, something's going to happen. I'm going to forget the checkbook. I'm not going to write the check. I'm going to forget a pen. Something's going to happen where I'm just not going to do it. Um, do you guys carry cash? Because I don't, right? I don't. So uh, unless you have, unless as I walk out, there's like a, a tap option, I'm probably not going to give, right? Because, well, I just don't have cash and I don't have a check on me. So that's why I, I give weekly, but I give it online automatically. Why? Because I know me. I know me and I know that I won't. Does that make sense? I know that I should. Again, I pastor, I see the finances, but I know that it would be hard for me, so I just automatically have it set so it's just gone and out of my account and I don't have to worry about it. So you need to live sent. Live sent in your volunteering. Live sent in your generosity. Live sent in your, in, in your faith. Let's finish with that. Live sent in your faith. I want you to believe that, uh, I want you to believe God with us for the future, not just, you know what? I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I will talk about it, but not this. I'm, I'm way over. Your pastor actually preached for another 30 minutes at my church, and I'm not going to do that to you. He did. It, 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 was, it was like an hour and 20 minutes. It was bad. Um, I, I got complaints. I might have even had people live. But church, live sense in your faith. Are you showing your faith? Can people see, can people see what you believe in, who you believe in, and how you act, and how you live your life? Are you... I, I can think of the Spanish word. I can't think of the English word. Hold on. Are you attracting people or are you pushing them away? Do people want what you have or are they just like, um, yeah, no, thank you? All right, this is a very simple statement, right? But if you have a guy like Craig, and I'm not being mean, right? I'm just saying, come here, stand up. If you have Craig, right, and he walks around, and let's say that's Sundays, right? Sundays for me, Especially today was very hard. I'm going to tell you why. I have a son named Vincenzo who is just, he has issues. I don't know what issues he has. So far we know that he has ADHD. He also has ODD, oppositional defiance disorder. So you'll see him walk around, <clears throat> right? He'll go up to my wife and be like, you're the worst. I hate you. But then like five minutes later, it's like, I love you, mommy. You know, like, bro, make up your mind. Um, so I, I don't know. He just has some issues. So what ends up happening is that Sundays, you know what it is? It's a struggle to get them in the car, guys. It's a struggle to get all five kids in the car. It's a struggle to get them to come out of the car and, like, not leave a mess everywhere in the car as they do so and to walk in because now that my kids have been here, they seriously believe that they own the place, okay? Like, they've been here several times now, so they, they walk in and they're gone. Like, they're downstairs. They're, I don't even know where they are. I know they're safe. Right? But they're just out and about. And I think that happened during the Pine Derby car. Like, no idea where my kids went. But they came back later, right? But because they've been here and they feel safe here. So for that, I want to say thank you. But what ends up happening is that most people see this. You ready? Get in the car! What are you doing? No! Come on! Knucklehead! Right? Come on! And then you get in the car, you get to church, and before, before you open the door, listen, if you embarrass me, I swear to God, listen, you will walk in and you will sit down, right? But then when you walk into church, you know what you see? Hey, brother, how's it going? Yeah, man. Yeah, I know it's a blessing. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. Got all the kids up. We're here. We're going to get some Denny's after work. Yeah, no, it's great. Right? What happens is this, is that people who know us outside of church know this, right? And then when they see the, hey, brother, how's it going? They're like, oh, liar. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you. Right? Think about it. Do, peep, do we attract people with how we live, with how we act? with how we speak, uh, speak, are we constantly spitting out hate? Or are we trying to attract people? Listen, I understand there's a lot of people in this community, in this world, that, man, let's, let's be honest with, with ourselves, they don't believe the way that we do, right? Whether it has to do uh, with their life choices, whether it's sexually, whatever it is, right? They, they just, man, they don't believe in what we believe to be, to be a biblical lifestyle. What bothers me with that is this, is that many times we put up that wall and then we show the same hate that we receive. I don't think that coming to church is the best option for everybody, but I believe that it's an option. And if they're going to hear the gospel, I want them to hear it at my church. I want them to hear it at this church. But in order for that to happen, you know what? People can't feel hated and pushed away. Does that make sense? Listen, I, I understand that biblically speaking, and here I know some of you are going to get mad, but just listen to what I'm going to say. Biblically speaking, it's supposed to be one man and one woman forever. But you know what happens in this day and age? Now it's, you know, let's be honest. My church is probably, Chris, what would you say? 60%, 70% are all divorced, right? I know of churches that will literally push those people away because they're like, no, 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 you are divorced. And you know what? You're, you're setting a bad example. And that shouldn't happen. I had a, I, I had a teenager, an, uh, well, teen, a 19-year-old girl in Argentina who, no, I'm sorry, this was a, she was a 16-year-old girl in Argentina who got pregnant, and her church said you can no longer attend youth group, and when you come to church, you need to sit in the back. So you're the last one in, and you're the first one out. You sit in the back of the church. And I'm sorry, that, that changed my mind on everything because I'm just like, what that person needs right now is they need somebody to say, listen, you messed up. Yes, you messed up. But you know what? Let's move forward together. Let me help you. What do you need? How can we be there for you? I want you to come to church. Can I tell you what they needed? They needed to be in youth group. In our, in our church, we had a 19-year-old who had a, a baby, and we made sure that we took care of her child so she could attend youth group. Because even though she's 19, guess what? She needed to be there with other believers. Does that make sense? But many churches do what? Stay away. Stay away. I've always used this illustration and I'm done. The church is, is, is supposed to be a what? Supposed to be a hospital. When do you go to the hospital? When you're sick, right? So man, if you are a drunk, if you are an addict, if you are struggling in your life, do you think you need church or you don't need church? You need it. So why do we push those people away? when they need it the most. Yes, healthy people should be there as well, but it's to attract other people so that they can get healthy. Listen, let's do our best to get out into our community and let's, let's preach Christ with how we live, with how we talk, with how we just live our lives. Let's preach Christ. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying get out there and just you know, live how you wanna live and do what you wanna do. I'm not saying that because there needs to be a difference in our lives. What I am saying is this, let's try to do more than we're doing now. 
Let's reach out to people. Let's invite people. Let's give them the gospel. Because you know what? We can start a change in our whole community. But it all starts with you. It all starts with me. All right, let's go ahead and stand up and uh, pray. And as we pray, the worship team can make their way up. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I know I went longer than usual, but that's nothing new for you. Uh, um, I know that this wasn't a typical message, God, in, in what I would consider my style. But you know what, Lord, I, I prayed and I said, let it not be me, but let it be you. Lord, I just pray that you would help us today. I pray, God, that you would just help us to love you, Lord, to love others, and to live a life that is sent, to live a life on mission, Lord. The last I heard, the Bible still says to go into all the world and preach the gospel, Lord. And I understand that some are going to go as missionaries and some are, are going to go as church planters, Lord. And some are going to go across the country, God. But, Lord, it all starts in our homes. It starts in our communities, God. And I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to be that change. Help us to have that type of Christianity where we are no longer saying, I love you and having no actions behind it, Lord. Help us to actually say, I love you, and actually do something about it. Walk with you, talk with you. Lord, pray, reading our Bibles, Lord. Help us to do more. Lord, help us to love those people that are unloving, Lord. Help us to love those people that um, we may not, Lord, feel the first instinct to love, Lord. Um, Lord, I, I know that if, even if we take it literally, we don't all love our neighbors, Lord. But Lord, I pray that that love would also start, Lord, not just within our home, but within our church family, God. There's so much friction there at times, Lord, and it just affects our effectiveness, Lord. And I pray that you would help us with that. And then finally, Lord, help us to live as if we have a mission. Lord, we need to have a goal in our life, and we need to have that, that, um, that end game, Lord. And I just pray that you would allow us to see that, Lord. And that end game, Lord, is for all people of all tribes, of all nations, of all languages, Lord, standing before you, Lord, giving you praise and glory. Lord, in anything that we do, that does not lead to that end, Lord, is honestly worth, worthless. Help us, Lord, to live a life, Lord, that will attract people to you. In your holy and in your precious name we pray. Amen. If you're here today, and I'm, if you're here today, and what I've been saying is new to you, if you were to die today and you're not 100% sure that you'd have a home in heaven after the service, please come talk to me. Please come talk to Pastor Craig. We would definitely love to talk to you. You're like, well, I'm that introvert you talked about. I understand that, but eternity is a big deal. So I think we can get past that for a second, right? So as uh, Pastor Craig comes up and does the closing, I just pray that, uh, I pray that we would all learn to love God, love others, and live sent. Brother. Amen. Great reminder for us. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.